All right, welcome in to episode 46 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant. We got another jam-packed show for you guys. I'm excited for you all to be able to hear this one. Uh, and it, we had we had a lot of fun. We're gonna you're gonna see how much fun we end up having. Just as much I'm having just as much fun as you're having listening to this. I'm having in Las Vegas right now on vacation with my family for my parents' 25th wedding anniversary. So shout out to them uh, because I'm very excited for that. But we got NBA playoffs to talk about. A couple one seeded upsets no longer have a one seed left in the playoffs for the first time since 1996 in the NBA. NHL semifinal super competitive as well. MLB is gonna frisk players in between innings for sticky stuff. We're in the stickum era. It's incredible. All of this great stuff. Follow us at FEOTB Pod. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Listen to us live on the Unhinged Sports Network as the Unhinged Playoffs are coming up. So we're going to need all you guys to listen on the Unhinged Sports Network, unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Man, Nico, I'm I'm out in Vegas. I'm having fun. Is there any anything good that I can bet on in Vegas? I mean, I mean, maybe Suns and four. Maybe halves and seven. I don't know. Halves and eight. Halves and seven. Halves, Suns and four. Who knows? Yeah. Hey, I have bad luck in Vegas. So seven. Yeah, yeah. I have bad luck in Vegas. Also, I think maybe you have some better odds. Beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down, dogs run off, politicians lie being fired by the Ladies and gentlemen, man, this center of attention is a is a different one because we're not talking about Colorado sports, but we're talking about the landscape of the NBA. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are in a new era. We are in a new era. We are gone with the, with the fact that Brooklyn, New York, Philadelphia, and L.A. need to be the center of the basketball world. We are past that. We saw that with Philly getting taken down. We saw that with Brooklyn getting taken down. We are seeing brand new stars be created right in front of our eyes this very year. And people want to talk about, well, it's, this year is going to have an asterisk because um, there are so many injured players and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to make the argument that Maybe this could have been a harder playoffs because, look, every single team has had injuries. Everyone. Or some sort of player missing time. And it doesn't – you can go from Chris Paul with the COVID thing to Kawhi being hurt to the Bucks without Vincenzo. You can talk about Embiid being hurt. You can talk about Kyrie, AD, Jamal Murray. The list goes on and on. Everybody had somebody hurt. But – and that means – that the general manager's jobs were more important this year than in the years past because they had to figure out ways to, okay, how my depth is more important than ever this year. I got guys down. Who am I going to bring in in the back end off the bench to step up when they need to? Guys like Cameron Payne who were sought off two or three years ago who didn't think he had a place in the league is now starting games in the Western Conference Finals for a winning team. This NBA, this NBA playoffs is about – much more than just the stardom. It's about new stars being created, and it's about players stepping up when they, when they, when the bright shites, when the lights are shine brightest. And we talk about March Madness. March Madness, you never know who's going to win, because it, it's constant chaos. Everybody is about equal level because there's there's one or two superstars, but the superstars don't take over. It's the team aspect, and these final four teams are all very very solid teams from one to twelve. 
And that's how it should be. And this is not a league anymore where you need to have four all-stars or whatever. See what Brooklyn did when they had three. They were a first-round or second-round exit. I mean, look, and you talk about the Sixers, too. They had the quote-unquote MVP, and they get their ass kicked on game seven at home court. So the NBA playoffs, I mean, look, viewership may be down, but the NBA has a very, very unique opportunity in front of them to promote new teams in smaller markets outside of, of course, the Clippers. But the Clippers, I count as a small market because they're not LA's team. There's a chance to promote and, and, and get these new stars on a pedestal above everyone else, and I hope the NBA takes advantage of that. This episode of The Far End of the Bench is presented by the Unhinged Sports Network in partnership with Fanatics.com. That, I think this is, this, this is going to be a fun one. This is kind of what we wanted going into the playoffs, Nico. We wanted the mid-market teams to come through. Uh, I think that we wanted different mid-market teams to come through. Yeah, but. Unfortunately, our mid-market team didn't make it through. But, um, yeah, the play, NBA playoffs have been so much fun to watch thus far. Even without our Denver Nuggets, unfortunately. Well, I mean, the Nuggets were definitely entertaining. We talked about that plenty last week, though. And then that guy, that guy went on a podcast tour, which you knew he was going to right after. Um, and I, I guess I wasn't planning on going here, but let's throw, let's start things off with a curveball. Did you see the fight that broke out the other night at the Sun Stadium? Do oh you think God, that Sun maybe Stadium's given? Maybe giving the Suns and Four guy a platform and and having him on your podcast after that, maybe it kind of oh, it is not helping the situation at all. Yeah, first of all, say... the the Sun, the, yeah, the Suns and Four guy, like he, he, this is the highlight of his life. He'll be irrelevant in in one month, guaranteed. Everyone will forget about unless the Suns win a ring, then maybe they'll put him on one of the floats. I'd say so, unless the but... Suns sweep again, the next time the Suns lose, it's basically done. Yeah, like uh, the the guy, oh, man, it's just it's cool. Like like you you predicted it. Like you you came back at Yoga Subs before. But De- look, I love Devin Booker, but what he did with 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 getting that, I mean, he could have got tickets from anyone. He, Devin Booker didn't have to go out and reach out to that. But the Suns now are tarnishing their 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 franchise. They were the underdogs. Everybody was like, oh, these guys, these guys are gritty. These guys are fun to watch. And the fans are doing a shit job of keeping that up. It's, it's the Clippers. You want to talk about sorry-ass franchises, the Clippers are right there. I mean, I mean, I mean, look. The I didn't Clippers say have it. Gone you you said lot. it. I didn't say it. Yeah, I mean, the Clippers have gone through it too, buddy. So this ain't a situation where we can, we can be the older brother. Because I guarantee you, they weren't swinging on Lakers fans. They sure as hell weren't swinging on Lakers fans. They were quiet to themselves because it's different. When you when you swing on Nuggets and Clippers fans because you think you have the upper hand, you gotta be humbled a little bit. And I like the Suns a lot. I I think they have a super fun team. They're a great team to watch. But the fans need to act accordingly. I mean, the Suns released a statement saying we do not condone the actions of fighting in the stands. I hope that's a wake up call. Because because it's taken away from the play the game on the court. The first thing that first take was talking about this morning was this was the fight. They didn't talk about Devin Booker triple double first triple double or young one of the youngest triple doubles of all time from a player in Western Conference Finals history. They're talking about the the Suns fans being egregious. You're taken away from the team, and yeah. that's where I think I think is getting bad. 
I I would say I, I agreed with the guy in the ball arena because he didn't start that fight. He was basically just at that point somebody would had gotten in his face. Like I get he was chirping him, but then he got a beer dumped on him and the guy grabbed him before there was any punches thrown. He was he was defending himself at that point. The fight, especially from what the footage I saw from game one of the Western Conference Finals, that looked like a gang fight more than it looked like a a lighthearted like scrap between fans. That looked like they were both, like you said, there's no older brother, so they're both trying to posture up and figure out who's going to be the alpha, and that's not the way to do it. They should just let the two teams play, and we should all come and enjoy being outside of the house, being able to see sports live again, and then we should go home and not have to worry about, oh, I should. I hope I don't get stomped out tonight. There is no reason we should be talking about this at all. Like the the fact we are is just idiot idiotic in the first place about the Suns fans. Like they're they they're taken away from what this great team has done has been doing already, and it's just epitomal. Yeah, epitomal. I, I don't think it's I don't like it. So, uh, but let's talk about the other playoff series in the Western Conference Finals because the only one that was done the last time we were talking um, last week was the Denver and Phoenix series. On that, the other side of the Western Conference, Utah blows it again. Like one seed, choke city, choke city. They, they, they Utah. didn't choke a three. They didn't get to choke a three-one lead this time, though. Oh, oh, they choked a twenty-point lead in Game Five. Oh. So, so they did worse without Kawhi Leonard. The 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 Clippers went into Utah, came back from twenty off the hands of Terrence Mann. Shout out Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann is a second-year, third-year guy who's a bench player. He's getting big-time minutes because of Kawhi's injury, and he put up 40 points. I mean, Terrence Mann was on a different level. He came up, stepped up in game five and won, and the Clippers won Utah. Then game six, I mean, they they just they, they were rolling the whole time. Utah just had no legs whatsoever. I mean, Talk about let's talk about Rudy Goldgert a little bit. Everyone, everyone, I mean, the three time quote unquote defensive player of the year got exposed. Yeah. The the Clippers decided to go completely small ball, and Jokic gets exposed on the defensive end too because of, of things like this. And Gobert was a defensive liability. If you t- look, look, I, people want to argue who's defensive player of the year. I think every year it's Kawhi. And it's a wing because the big man cannot guard the smaller guys. And if they can't move their feet, which Gobert couldn't, it was a bad, bad, bad night for him. Gobert was in a mismatch constantly. Clippers would throw out three forwards and two guards, no big men. And Gobert just stood in the paint and had three after three put on his head. Whoever Gobert was guarding, they gave the ball to him. Like, they were saying, okay, let's make Gobert step out and move his feet. And he couldn't. And then guys like Reggie Jackson was just going to the bucket on him constantly. That is not the defensive player of the year, my friend. If you are a defensive liability in any aspect, you are not defensive player of the year. And bless Donovan Mitchell's poor soul. The dude's balling out on while being injured and did everything humanly possible he could do. But no help whatsoever. And Utah is in a terrible spot. Because, mm. look, they paid Gobert so much money. They, Donovan Mitchell, so much money. You know who's, who's a free agent this summer? Mike Conley. Without Mike Conley, Utah is not a number one seed in the West. They're not a home court team in the West. No. Mike Conley could very well, very well find himself a new home. And Utah may be back at square one. 
it's crazy to think both one seeds are going to be totally different teams when it comes to next season. And I think it's it's fitting to talk about this. That's why I'm, I'm moving over to the Eastern Conference. But Ben Simmons, you talk about a defensive liability with Rudy Gobert. I think I might be more of an offensive weapon than Ben Simmons is at this point. Ben Simmons physically, like, it's not a, it's not even he misses the shot. He doesn't even take the shot anymore. He he is the he's he's the epitome of what I think people used to say about LeBron when he wasn't taking those last second shots like Kobe and Michael used to do. It's like, oh, he's passing off blame. Ben Simmons isn't passing off blame. He he just doesn't have any kind of confidence when he has a basketball in his hands. It is it is terrible to watch. I mean, we, we I mean, Shaq said it best on Inside the NBA after the game. If Ben Simmons did not figure out after seven games that he needs to pick up his offense production, that's not a star. He is not a star. He is a he is. I mean, he's an All Star in the East, and that's not saying a whole lot. No offense to the East, but it's not. The East is is top heavy, and everybody else is weak. So he is a fringe All Star in the East, and that's at most. And Ben Simmons, he okay if he's. If he is going to be your starting point guard, he needs to be able to shoot the ball at least five times in the fourth quarter. If if the defense can sit in the paint and not guard you at all in a fourth quarter, then you're irrelevant to a game. You can't be played. You can't be played. The second best player on the Philadelphia team was Seth Curry because he was doing everything they could to need. And the third best player was Matisse Tybel, who was the who was a second team all defense too. Like Ben Simmons was irrelevant. You talk about that last, uh, that last one of the last sequences in Game Seven where he had the wide open dunk. He had Trey Young, who was five foot eleven, six foot, running at him to block the shot. Put that in perspective. Ben Simmons is like six seven, six eight. He all he had to do was rise up, dunk it, get the end one. You miss a free throw, whatever. It's a tie game. That was the thing he did. He. He's so he he's so scared. He is so petrified of this Philadelphia media that he he was he would rather have given up a free dunk and not get fouled than miss a free throw. Like that's the joke. We talked about it last uh, last playoff last round of the playoffs. The guy ran out onto the court. It's like I'm gonna go shoot Ben Simmons free throws. I was like, honestly, once in a lifetime troll. But but stay stay on the sidelines. This dude, there's nothing. There's no no benefit. Like, yeah, you can have him good have him good on defense. Do we want also want to mention the fact that he broke Shaq's record for lowest free throw percentage for a guy who took over 70 attempts in the playoffs? That, I mean, or the fact just, that he took three shots in the fourth quarter of the entire series, and those were all before game four? Man, it just goes back to Elton Brand and what he did not do because he was hesitant to put Ben Simmons in a trade package for James Harden. We could be having a completely different conversation right now if James Harden was in Philadelphia and even if Brooklyn still had Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and a bunch of those young pieces. They could still be in the and they, we could we could have had what we wanted what the NBA wanted. We could have had Philly versus Brooklyn there if Harden if Philly would have set the trade up for Harden. But they decided that Ben Simmons is too good of a project. When does the process become a reality? Like, like Joel Embiid is a star, but you have only one star. You only have one star. That team is just pitiful. That 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 organization. That that that. Look, I hate to go after fans, but that fa- that fandom deserves it. 
throwing so first of all the popcorn is against the wizards that was that was uncalled for and then game seven after the game is over so a, a fan is or a beer is thrown on the floor middle of the floor chucked mistake i mean there's a reason why i talk so much shit about philly is because it's so easy because you're such a shit fan base they have no- I, 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 and i'm being nice but they I'm just, sorry. They have no leadership anywhere. Look at either any of their franchises that they have in, in Philadelphia. The Eagles, no leadership really. I mean, that when they won the Super Bowl, I feel like they had pretty good leadership. Howard Roseman and Doug Peterson, but they ended up not being long-term guys. And then the, the, Philly, the Philadelphia 76ers, yes, Joel Embiid is a, a, an all-star. He's a good player. He's not a leader. He's not a guy that leads your team. And I, I say that. Because if you just have to look at the statements made after both both guys in the running for the MVP were eliminated. Jokic had, I think, a triple-double in his second-to-last game. We're not counting the game where he got kicked out with the, the flagrant two. But yeah, after, <laughs> after game three, he uh, came out in the media and said, you know what, I got to be better. And this is after dropping 30, 12, and 15 or something like that. 30, 20, and 10. Yeah, 32, 20, 30, 20, 20, 32, 20, and 10. And then we have Joel Embiid, like, yes – it could be seen as leadership when you're calling out Ben Simmons, but the way he did it, like if you're going to call somebody out, call him out. Like Ben passed up a, an easy dunk because his pride, his ego was too shook that he couldn't go to the free throw line and miss a free throw, even though we would have got two instead of just the one. You got to do something different than what Joel Embiid does. So I think that Philadelphia, along with looking for a second offensive star and a second guy that can be the second star, because I really don't think you can count Ben Simmons as your second star. They got to look for a leader too, whether it's a coach, whether it's a guy on the court. I don't know who that's going to be for them, but I think that. And you look, and you look at the trade market too. There's not much available. There, there, there's teams that are in contention, and then there's teams that are tanking with, but with that with young stars. There's no, there's no like. I would say there's one, and you could talk about Kyle Lowry, but I don't think Kyle Lowry pushes this team over. No. No, you I, need, I mean, Kyle Lowry, you, you Kyle need Kyle Lowry for yeah. the locker room, but you yeah. would, you would still need somebody else to bring it to the floor. Like you'd need to make up for the lack of talent in Kyle Lowry with another player. They're gonna have to figure something out because, um, like this is, I mean, Sixers fans will at least our center won a first round, uh, won some games in the second round. People forget Philly got swept in the first round last year. This is back to back postseasons where Philly was expected to at minimum be Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. And they haven't done that. And you can't blame Brett Brown anymore. This ain't Brett Brown's fault anymore. So obviously it's somebody else's. So I don't know if it's Doc. I don't know. I don't know if you want to throw the blame on Ben Simmons. I don't know if you want to throw the blame on Elton Brand, who's the general manager slash owner, or Daryl Morey, who just came over from Houston. I mean, Philly is just a shit show. I, I can't believe it happened, but it did. Uh, before we start, before we talk about the um, Nets and the Bucks, between the two really young stars that are in the game right now, are you taking? Would you have? Would you rather have Trey Young or Devin Booker? Because I think they're both on similar trajectories right now in the postseason and, and leading oh, their teams. Man. So, if that, you had to pick hurts. one, if you had to pick one, who would you pick? Oh man, I'm gonna go Devin Booker because. Dude, I, but this isn't a slight to Trey Young. Devin Booker just has a killer instinct. The Hawks were a good team. 
Like it wasn't just Trey Young. They had other players step up. It was Il Capo. Yeah, Il Capo and 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 Kevin Herter was another one. The guy who looks like the the guy in the music video of Never Gonna Give You Up. Yeah, I don't know what the name is, but he looks exactly like him. Yeah, looks exactly like him, and that's the guy who was your leading scorer in Game Seven. And the Hawks are an all-around team. Devin Booker, people, people who are just watching basketball are just getting introduced to him. I've known about this guy for four years now. And talk, talk, I'll talk about his seventy-point performance against Boston three, four years ago. He was on terrible teams. And we are seeing – look, this is, this is why I talked about my center attention, why this is such a new era of basketball. We are seeing players stick with organizations and get rewarded for it. Giannis, Devin Booker, Trey Young. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Trey Young is pretty young still, but you talk about these guys who, who, who are like, oh, they should, go to, they should go to New York, they should go to L.A., they should go to Miami. They said no. They said we're going to trust our process. We're, I mean, tr- funny, funny enough, trust the process. Trust the process of tanking for a few years and getting to where we want to be because I trust the front office to get me in a spot where I should be. And Devin Booker, man, there is there is not enough good things you can say about his game. Stephen A. said a very very bold take saying Devin Booker is the next Kobe of this generation. I don't know if we're ever going to get to that because Kobe is top three in my mind all time. I think it goes LeBron, Jordan, and Kobe. I don't know if Devin Booker will ever get there, but that killer instinct Devin Booker has is just different. Yeah, I agree with you. Jordan, LeBron, and Kobe, it's it's the same same top three. It's just a little bit different order. I think, you know, it takes a special kind of player. You can kind of translate this to other sports, other franchises, if you wanted to take a like a team that I know we're hoping kind of turns things around, you obviously more than me, but the Broncos, if they were to just commit to a rebuild like the Suns did, like Milwaukee did, like Atlanta is doing with Trey Young, you can it, it'll suck for a few years, but it won't suck for five when you just continue to try and put band-aid over band-aid over band-aid. You're able to set pieces. I think Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. You saw how good they can be last year in the bubble when they went undefeated and missed the play-in game even. And now we're seeing what leadership does with this team with Chris Paul. And I think Chris Paul, like you can argue him not being on the floor the other night when they beat the Clippers in game one. That's even more impressive, and it shows that he's had even more of an impact on this team because they were able to do that without him being with them. I, I just think this Phoenix team is – if I'm going to go with any team right now, Phoenix is on a mission, and oh, I'd be Phoenix, most scared Phoenix, to play them. Phoenix and Milwaukee, in my opinion. I mean, talk about Phoenix, Chris Paul's veteran leadership. There was a video that went out a few years ago with Chris Paul and James Harden on the bench when they were in the Rockets. And Chris Paul was trying to talk with James Harden, trying to give him positive reinforcement, trying to tell him what he needs to do to get them to the next level. And James Harden was just yelling back at him. This was, We're talking about James Harden was a young star at the time and was was very raw in his talent and wasn't where wasn't at the MVP level yet. And he was yelling back at a veteran point guard. Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton FaceTimed Chris Paul directly after the game. I mean Jay Crowder had a it was hilarious. Jay Crowder had a went went on was interviewed post game was like how did how to feel without CP3 out there. And he straight up said he was like, well uh Chris had his younger brother courtside 
and 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 I, and we could tell that you know Chris was texting him because we heard in game adjustments from his brother on the sideline. Like uh, in the fans, they listened to his brother. Right. Like, like Chris Paul wasn't physically there, but he was there. Like, like it was just uh, that was such a weird story I saw. But I mean, I don't doubt it one pass. Yeah, I don't doubt it one one one. I don't doubt it one second. No, you you gotta love that home court advantage. Um, what is the deal with that? I know that it said that he was out indefinitely and his return didn't look good. Are there regulations that strict to where we might not see Chris Paul again? Yeah. Even if they go on to the next round, we'll see him again. This is bullshit. First of all, the NBA is fucking everything up because he's out for game two now, which is on uh, Tuesday, which is the day day before this comes out. So he's not available for that game either. And he has the vaccine and everything, and he has to go through protocols. We broke. We 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 said to hell with the protocols for LeBron. If Chris Paul has given negative tests out after out, like we 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 can let this go. Like, 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 this is the Western Conference Finals. This is this is the Suns' chance to get back to the NBA Finals for the first time since, um, or excuse me, since '94 against Jordan when Barkley was there and Dan Marley. I was even it was one of those years they lost to Jordan. I don't remember which year it was, but the first time to get back to the NBA Finals since then. Like, man, it's there. There's there's situations where. The NBA, we see the bias they have toward their star players and toward their big time teams. But at this point, you gotta like you if he tests negative for three days in a row, four days in a row, which he has already, the quarantine period should just be fucking negated and you gotta let him go. Yeah. I it was it seems strange to me at especially at this point when we have full capacity arenas everywhere and there's not even a Boulders come out and said that their facilities are going to be full capacity now. So like everything just continues to open up. It didn't make sense that we wouldn't see him again in the playoffs. Um, before we transition off, off of basketball, we have the conference finals set. So it is going to, it is early in both series. We've only had one game played. Who are you picking as your team to come out of the West? Who are you picking as your team to come out of the East? And we'll, we'll get to compare and contrast next week, depending on how right and how wrong we were. I'm gonna go Bucks and Suns. I think I think the Hawks are a fun team, fun story, but the Bucks are more ready for it. I think the Bucks finally get to the NBA Finals, and I think the Suns do as well. I think those are my two teams that I'm gonna see in the NBA Finals, and boy, that would be so much fun, man. I'm just also also I forgot to say this about the Philadelphia thing. I'm just blessed. We didn't have a situation where Ben Simmons and Giannis were shooting free throws for seven games. We got to bless the basketball gods for that because thank God we didn't have that. But yeah, that both series are going to be very interesting. Obviously, CP3 situation is going to be interesting. And then Clippers without Kawhi, I don't know how well they're going to do. But we are looking at a situation where there's, there's four, the four teams left, two of them have never won. The the Hawks won in like, like sixty 90, something, sixty something, and and the Bucks won in seventy seven. That's the last time one of these four teams have won. Suns never won it. Clippers never won it. The other the other two are at, it's been forty five, fifty years almost. That's awesome. That is fan absolutely awesome. I wish the Nuggets were there because we've never won it either. But man, that is awesome to see. So. I'm gonna like look. This is this is an opportunity. Like I said, this is an opportunity for the NBA. 
You have been gifted a chance to build stars. Jokic is now a star because he's won the MVP. You mm-hmm. now have a chance for Devin Booker to be a face of your league. You have a chance for Giannis to finally get over the hump. You have Trey Young, an emerging star. You have – oh, God, here we go. I can't believe I'm saying this. You have PG-13, who fa- who might finally make it over the hump and make the Pan- finals. Pandemic P? Oh. Yeah, not Pandemic P anymore because the dudes are balling out. So he, he – look. Pandemic P is over. I, I'm, I'll officially say it. Pandemic P is over. But the, this these this Final Four in the West is – or sorry, Final Four in the NBA is absolutely fantastic. And I think – honestly, when we we had two Game 7s and, and – and, no, sorry, no. We had we – had, we had, yeah, we had – Two Game 7s. Yeah. Two Game 7s yeah, and a 4-1 upset. Yeah, like like there there like the, this playoffs has had so much more and 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 w- with the cherry on top. Like this has absolutely been incredible. Yeah, I don't think that there's been a dull moment in the fact that we have the possibility. I'm with you. I think it's going to be Phoenix and Milwaukee, but we have the possibility of a four five NBA Finals if the Clippers and Hawks are somehow able to keep the Cinderella run going. It would be. I mean, I'd have to look up the stats. I would. I would want to be a little bit more. Uh, thorough and have the stat ready with me but that would be something that i for a league that all i've heard for the past few years it's golden state versus whoever lebron is on in the east this is actually good parody and it's similar to some of the other leagues in the competition levels yeah, the, the first time since i think it was 96 or 97 when jordan was playing baseball that neither number one seed has has made the or not a single number one seed which east or west has not made the conference finals and that's awesome yeah, I think that's really good. Uh, and by the way, I'm looking forward. I think even I might watch that DeAndre Ayton versus Giannis matchup if it gets to that point with Milwaukee and Phoenix because those are two giant men, and I want to see who comes out on the upper end of that. Um, if it does end up being Phoenix-Milwaukee, do you have a pick out of those two? Oh, man, I, You're going to make I, your I Valley may... Bros happy? Yeah, I kind of do, but I may lean towards Milwaukee hmm. because – I think at some point the Suns may their lack of experience may bite them in the ass. I don't know when, but I think it might eventually. And I think the Bucks have a little bit more experience, a little more depth. Like, I don't know. I, like that's such a toss up team. Like to, like the betting odds on that would be just about as even as you could find it. It all depends on how each team wins their series. If the Bucks sweep or whatever, the Hawks or the Suns sweep the Clippers, then that team will have the upper hand. But that uh, it's all dependent on how these Western Conference Eastern Conference Finals go. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I mean, we're we're getting ready to go on vacation in our house, so things are going a little bit crazy. So. If you heard the dogs, we we apologize. Um, before we – I keep saying we're going to move on from basketball, but I just saw here the no, notes of the show. Rick Carlisle, did that surprise you with Dallas? I don't know what's going on in Dallas. They got rid of Donnie Nelson as, as a general manager. And, look, Cuban straight up said that he'd rather divorce his wife than get rid of Luca. <laughs> So, so they're gonna do whatever <laughs> they can to make sure Luca's happy. I think we're gonna see a reunion in Dallas. I think Jason Kidd goes back to Dallas. I mean, they got they brought Dirk already back to the front office. So, I mean, 
it's not like they're going wild. I think Luca wasn't very happy about Donnie Nelson uh, leaving. Um, I, I think Carlisle was kind of on the outset as, as it was because this is a different team than what he coached when they won the NBA Finals for them. So he wasn't. This isn't. This team doesn't really fit his play style. But I think we could see a reunion in Dallas with Jay Kidd at the coaching helm, and, and then obviously Dirk at the front office. Yeah, I haven't really seen an example of the old Jimmy Johnson joke where he's like, if I see a third-string guy sleeping in a team meeting in training camp, I cut him from the team. But if Troy Aikman or Michael Irvin are sleeping in the meeting, I wake him up and ask him if I can get him an energy drink. If you're not on board with the star player, the owner is going to do whatever he wants. And I think that was really – Rick Carlisle came out and said, you know what, maybe we're not going to go ahead and wage our future on Luca." And Luca's like, ha – I'm just going to make as much money as possible. So you're going to be, you're going to be unemployed and I'm going to be making a super max contract with whoever they bring in to replace your ass. Um, The NBA is, we're about to get to the NBA off season. And if you thought any of the other leagues off seasons are wild and we get a full NBA off season this year, this league is about to go crazy. That's all I'm, that's all I can say. Um, This league always never seems to, it has been zero days since the NBA has been undramatic. (laughs) <laughs> it's going to continue with that. <laughs> it's a fair statement. Um, let's move on to the NHL, uh, the other playoffs that are going on. Another interesting Final Four. And really, these games are going, I think, differently than, than especially what I would have expected, not barring the game that's going on right now. We're recording Monday night, and uh, Tampa Bay is absolutely running New York right now, 8 nothing with 4.51 left in the third at this point. So they're going to go up 3-2. And uh, but I, let's let's start talking about the West because Vegas and Montreal. I mean, Carey Price stole two games for Montreal. Carey Price is still playing the level of goaltending that you need to be able to go on this upset run. Are you surprised at all that this series is as tight as it is? I know a lot of people didn't pick it to go over five, and now it's guaranteed to at least go six. Yeah, I mean, I I had never any doubt about Carey Price, my and and their back end because Shea Weber back there is 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 an all is a one of the top defensemen in the past 10 years. Um, Shea Weber's an absolute stud, and I had no problem with what Montreal does on the back end. It was always, can they score? Can, can when, when Vegas gets past Carey Price for one, can Montreal return the favor? And and they were able to a few games there. And Vegas did the ballsy thing again and started Lanier game four. And, and they, they – Brought Lanier out there, and Lanier won a game. We saw last time Lanier was out there. It was a much different story. <laughs> how, how long ago that seems, I'll tell you that. He, he that seems like start. forever ago. He got the start because Fleury gave away game three. Fleury had that absolutely atrocious turnover in the trapezoid, and uh, I think that was what – I think DeBoer is quick to bench Fleury anyways, which is one thing that I wanted to talk about. What really is the legacy of Marc-Andre Fleury? He's a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He's played well, but everywhere he's been, he's never won the con Smite, so he's never been voted most valuable player of the playoffs. And he's kind of lost his starting position everywhere that he's been too. He lost it to Lanier in Vegas. He lost it to Murray in Pittsburgh. Now you can argue he might be a little bit more clutch, but is what do you think of when you think of Marc Andre Fleury and his legacy? I think Fleury's still a Hall of Famer. I think he is one of the one of the greatest. I think he's top ten goaltender of all time. Still, it's 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 not more that um, that Flurry has lost a job. 
it's it's more that the that their teammates they had trusted that they thought they were going to be the next one, and that they thought Flurry was going to be on the back end of his career. Flurry is thirty five plus. He's been at this high of a level for ten years, and everyone thought, well, Flurry's done now. He's not done, and that's why that's why people that's why they brought in Lanier because they thought Flurry was done. But when look at the end of the day, Fleury, if Vegas wins the cup, Flurry is going to be between the pipes. It's not going to be Lanier because games like game one against Avs will happen against Lanier. Games like that game one against Avs will not happen against Flurry. That he may give up three, four goal games, but the team will be right in the game still. It won't. It won't be a scenario like Lanier is a good goaltender, but like in reality, the team that is licking their chops in all this is Seattle. <laughs> They're going to get Lanier or Flurry. <laughs> Yeah. Like, 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 that's the team that's enjoying this the most because they're seeing Lanier ball out. They're seeing Flurry ball out. And they're like, man, if, if Vegas, I hope Vegas fumbles a bag like Pittsburgh did and they choose Lanier because we'll have a Hall of Fame goaltender again. I think Seattle's Flurry. also, Seattle's also looking at New York too with Varlamov and Sorokin and what's going on there because both of them have played. Both of them have won pivotal pivotal games in the playoffs so far. Well, is it Sorokin first or second year? So I think he's protected. That's the only. He thing. might. He might be. I'm, I'm not that's sure. That's the that's the only thing with with why they might be be looking there. But look, Vegas. Vegas is going to win. It's going to be Florida between the pipes. Lanier has had a few good games. Don't get me wrong, but to match Carey Price, you want Mark Andre Fleury in the net. That's just the fact of the matter. I'll I'll give you my hot take, and it's something we're not going to agree on this one. I I'm not sure that Flurry is going to go back in net until Leonard loses a game. I think that DeBoer is going to let Leonard go back out there because he won Game Four in Montreal. He's going to try and see what he's got with him. I think that he's he's basically going into this not thinking that they have a goaltender one. They're just going to play the goaltender who wins last or who had the best game last. And this is a time, if you're going to talk about openings, if you're going to talk about moments that could change a team's season, this is the time. If Montreal is able to go out there and if they do beat Leonard, who I think will be starting, I'm not sure who's going to be starting. I don't have an inside line to the team. This is their chance to maybe take a stranglehold on this series, even though I think they kind of gave up their chance to take a stranglehold on that series. They could have won game four pretty easily. It ended up coming down to an overtime stoppage and you could talk all you want about the main discussion about this series over on this side of the bracket is the officiating has just been atrocious like the nhl basically has a line into the officials ears like vegas is getting to the stanley cup final i don't care what you have to miss what you have to overlook and and not call but I'm just interested. I'm excited that it's going over six and and carry prices on that strange plane as a goaltender where like like I said, you don't talk to him, you don't you don't mention him. He doesn't exist. He goes out there in between the pipes. That's about it. I don't know. I would be it'd be crazy if it ended up changing and and that would be I'm hoping for it. I'm still rooting against Vegas. As much as I think they're going to win, I'm still rooting against Vegas. I think a lot of people are including myself. You're going to be in Vegas, so that should be interesting. Um but yeah, that's I think the the switch of the goaltenders could end up biting them in the ass. Because, okay, say, say Vegas gets past Montreal. You run into Tampa, who has a solidified black back line, and Vegas doesn't know which goalie is going to be out there. That, that, if that's, not, that's, not, that's not even a question about, okay, well, which goalie is ready. 
It's which defensemen are more comfortable with that guy back there. Yeah. When you switch goalies so often in the playoffs, you're in a situation. It, it's, it's, it's like going. Ooh. It's like, yeah, it's like baseball playoffs where your star pitcher, if the series goes seven, you want him pitching three games. Yeah, because because the, the, that's the guys they trust are on the mound, or that's the guy they trust in the nets. And whether True. it be Lanier or Fleury, you got to go with one guy, and that's like you you got to figure out who's that guy. Like, well, that's a question that we could ask. Does Vegas have somebody that can match Andre Vasilevsky? If you're just going goaltender for goaltender, is there somebody? Does Lehner or Mark Andre Fleury even come close to being as good as Andre Vasilevsky is right now? I think Fleury at times can be that. But uh, I would say that. I would say Fleury's been at that level in the past, and he can move himself up to that level. But it's not Andre Vasilevsky's all world every single night. He's in the prime of his career. That's just. It physically, it makes sense that he is going to be the best goaltender more consistently. But I think that DeBoer, I mean, as much as I don't like him, as much as he's been a thorn in the Avalanche's side, because it seems like all we do is lose playoff series to teams that he coaches, he is a smart enough guy that I trust him. And I kind of have a sense as that's why I say I think Leonard's going to go back out there and start game five. I might be completely wrong. He might go back to Flower. And I think the guys in the locker room, that's the one thing. I think Stone and the leaders in the Vegas locker room probably also have a big impact on who's going to go out there. I don't think DeBoer is just going to go make a, make a call on his own. I think that he's going to listen to his leaders. So it'll be interesting to see who's, who starts in game five, but game five is pivotal. Like game fives are always pivotal. Whoever wins this next game will basically hold, hold their cards in, in the rest of the series. I, I mean, I don't know the percentages in hockey, but I know the percentages in basketball. It's above at least 60%. The winner of game five wins the series. I don't know the percentage of hockey, but it's still like pretty similar. But it makes sense because when you win game five, then you automatically have a chance to close out at home. So if, if Montreal wins game five, they'll have a chance to close it back out up north in game six. And Vegas um, would obviously, they, obviously get say, game seven yeah. and the chance to close it out at home. But, I mean, really – I know you're a big NBA playoffs fan. We're basically the opposite when it comes to this time of the year. I've been watching a lot more of the hockey playoffs. I'm just glad that we're getting more competitive series than what I expected. I expected like three or four sweeps throughout this entire thing, and we didn't really get – I mean, we got two up north, which uh, go figure. But really every series has been super com- competitive. And, and if you think about it, even on the other side of the bracket, yes, Tampa Bay is a lot better, and you can see the talent difference. But at least New York is not laying down. At least New York is making them earn everything that they're getting. Um, and I think, honestly, Tampa Bay is getting to the point where they're kind of turning into the New England Patriots level of of bending the rules. Just because what they did to Varley the other night in game four, where the Braden point was checked into him, and he really just took a run at him and knocked him back into the net. I didn't agree with that, and I don't agree with what they did to have Nikita Kucherov be able to miss the whole season, stay on the team, and not have a salary cap hit. But at least the New York Islanders are punching them back, and we're going to get – I mean, not, not game five, five, but they're punching uh, them back as much as they can. <laughs> I, I think at this point, this is this could be the camel, the straw that broke the camel's back. But really, do you not trust New York? Like, Do you think that they want to lose the last game in the Coliseum? Is going to be the last game in the Coliseum unless they move on. I don't think that they want to lose that game. They'd much rather lose Game Seven in Tampa. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what what to think because New 
Fork has been underdogs this whole time, and they've scratched and clawed for everything they have, and, and Tampa Bay has been kind of given everything. So I think I think it still goes seven. I think it still goes seven, but I'm I, like I I'm not, I'm very wary against picking against Tampa though. Yeah, and then the Vegas versus Tampa is an interesting final because you have so much Stanley Cup experience with Vegas, but then you have the basically the defending returning Stanley Cup champions in Tampa Bay. So do you go with past experience? Do you go with coaching? goaltending there's a lot of different things that you have to look at in that series and try and figure out who holds the edge um I yeah, this would... time this time next week next episode we'll be we'll we'll find out who our stanley cup will be so i think that would be very interesting that's for sure i'm i'm gonna go with vegas and, and tampa bay still winning it i think vegas wins it in six and i think tampa wins it in seven yeah i think that it might Montreal has to win game five, and I don't necessarily think that they're going to do that. I'm rooting for it. Vegas probably closes out. I'll give I'll give Montreal. Vegas closes out in seven, and Tampa Bay closes out in seven, and we get one of the more talented Stanley Cup finals that we've seen in the past few years. We'll wait to give our predictions until we know who's actually in that series, but I think we're pretty much in lockstep as to how we see the rest of these two semifinal matchups going. Before the next thing that we're going to talk about is we're, we're going to have this segment kind of each week on the show because the avalanche, we followed them a lot more, especially the past in the bubble playoffs. And then this past season in their playoff run, they have a lot of contracts that are going to need to be discussed. We have to discuss a lot of personnel decisions when it comes to the expansion draft. So we're going to start picking a player a week and kind of talk about what we see happening and what we kind of the details that'll go into what the decision the avalanche end up ultimately ultimately making with all these guys. So the first one, obviously we got to start with one of the most important pieces of the team. That would be the captain, Gabriel Landeskog. He's at the, he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, July 27th is when the first day of free agency opens this year in the NFL or NHL. Whoa. Not that far, Jimbo. Yeah, no, I, I extended way, way past that. So July 27th is when NHL free agency opens. Um, and Gabriel Landeskog, his last contract was a seven-year, $39 million contract with a base salary each year of $5.5 million. And this was signed under the flexible salary cap. Obviously, it's not going to be that way. Um, but that's, I mean, right now that looks like a steal of a contract, for especially for a guy that plays like Landeskog. But then you got to look around the league, and the I think the best comparison of a contract of the guy that just signed, Anders Lee, who is two years older than Landeskog. <clears throat> He's 30. Landeskog is 28. His last contract extension that he signed with the Islanders was for seven years and $49 million for $7 million a year and a $3 million signing bonus. That's, that's a good amount of change for a guy, I mean, obviously a very important guy. Andrews Lee's the captain in New York. Gabriel Landeskog is the captain here. Um, I don't necessarily see that kind of money being feasible, but do you think that Landeskog is going to, Landeskog and his agent and the NHLPA is going to maybe make him push for something similar to Andrews Lee's $7 million a year? I, I think you got, when you, when you think about Landeskog, man, like it's, Landy should be a part of this team. Because he's been the captain since his second year in the league, and he he is he is the guy that 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 got this team out of this out of our shit years. This team was so bad, 
And one of the people that kept this team afloat obviously was McKinnon, but it was Landis Cog too. Those two were those were the two guys that that stuck through the shit years and then got this team back into the Santa Cup picture. And Landy is I I know the salary cap in the NHL is just terrible because the NHL Bettman has done a terrible job promoting everything and they, they have not increased the salary cap at all. And if if the decision comes down to taking two of of Landy, Kale McCarr, and Grubauer, I think you may have to let go Landy, which that hurts me a lot. I don't want it to happen. I don't think it should happen. I think look, McKinnon has said that he he'll take he'll take a cut. So now the next question is who else is willing to do it? Because McKinnon said, I will do everything I can to keep this group intact. And I think Lana Scott thinks the same. I, I think I think this because of how weird this year was and how we played the same seven teams for eighty-two games or fifty sorry, fifty-six games, I think was idiotic. I don't think we'll ever see that again ever in any sport. And I think the the, the conference thing was so weird and having to play Vegas in the second round when we should have played them in the, the conference finals was a I mean, in all honesty, I think we make the we made we quote unquote made the conference finals. Because we were the second best team in the quote unquote West. Everybody else that's left is in the quote unquote East. I mean, I mean Montreal is over there. Um, New York's over there. Tampa's over there. All those three teams are a quote unquote part of the East. So, although it may seem as bad in the second round, I still think this team is a Western Conference team, finals team, and a Stanley Cup, stand the Cup contender. And Landy is is worth that money. <laughs> we we saw the Blues like the Blues when we when we punked them, it was because Landy started everything. The Blues tried to come in and 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 start fighting because they thought that's what the how they could beat us. And Landy just stepped up and said, "No, that's not happening." Mm-hmm. And I don't see a scenario where where Landis Scott goes to a better situation. I because I, this is the best situation he could be in. The question is, at this point in Landy's career, do you know how old he is? I think he's late he's 28. 20s, maybe. Late 20s. You, I think late 20s is a situation where I think you, you probably should get the bag because your next contract will be your late 30s, more than likely, or middle 30s. Well, this and that is, won't yeah. be as much. And this is, set so, up, this is set up in the NHL as the year that you get your long-term contract. So that's why seven years is – Seven years is as long as you can sign a guy under the NHL collective bargaining agreement. So seven years is the max length, and that's why Anders Lee was seven years at seven million a year plus a signing bonus. So um, this is like as the way that the contracts work is you're on your initial for two and a half, and then you go seven, and then you maybe get an extra one after that. But this is like the long one that he's trying trying to set himself up for. Yeah, I mean. It would hurt me a lot to see him go, and he's been a part of this team, like I said, from the gutters to now. I the, just the question is, I mean, I think Landeskog is the type of person to take a slight cut to keep this team together. I think maybe we see a situation where he signs a lesser or a shorter contract. I think maybe we see a two or three year deal to try to restructure again in three years, or 
if we win, he can leave and do whatever he wants and get more of a bag. Because by the time he is 30, 31, he could he's still easily a top six forward in this game. He's a top he's a top liner in this game no matter what. But yeah, two, he's three, a player yeah, on the best line in the game. Yeah, in two to three years, he's still a top six forward. So I think he could be in a situation where he doesn't decide to take that long-term contract because he could get that two-year deal, similar to almost what we see with LeBron in the NBA. Obviously, I'm not saying Landon Scott is LeBron, but LeBron does these two-year contracts. LeBron has never signed a contract more than six years. Mm -hmm. Actually, no, sorry, more than four years, I'm pretty sure. He's never signed a contract more than four years. And you could say, well, LeBron is worth $500 LeBron takes two-year deals and takes contracts that make sense for the team. That's why it's successful. I think Lana Skaga is going to have the conversation with his agent and be like, I have a home here. This I'm the captain. This is my team, basically. I think there's a chance where I could win a cup within the next two to three years and then say I win a cup. I think then I can still get money that is worthy of me in two to three years, and I think we see a shorter-term contract. I'll tell you, we have similar strategies as to how we're going to keep players around, but we have different players that we're going to use them on. It, in my mind, looking at Landis and how consistent he is, and then comparing it to Anders Lee again, in his last full season, not counting the playoffs, which, which was his past 56-game season, he had 20 goals, 32 assists, and was plus 14 while averaging 20 minutes of ice time. That's damn good production. That is production that is worth – a $49 million contract. Uh, Anders Lee, like I said, 28 goals, 23 assists, plus 20, and average 17 minutes of ice time. And that was uh, not last season and not the bubble because he blew his knee out early last season, and then I didn't count the bubble. It was uh, the 2018-2019 season. He played in 82 games. Um, Landis Gog missed four, two games this past season. So there's not a lot on the ice that you can complain about. In my mind, I think that forwards, you know a little bit more when you're projecting how they're going to be into their careers and on further down their contract. So in my mind, if I'm Joe Sackick and I'm going to go down, sit in the war room and look at everybody else and go, we give Landis Gog his contract at the length, like the maximum length, so that we know that he's around for this amount of time, he's the captain. We want to make sure that he stays and continues to submit, cement this culture and everything that, that we're trying to build. He's been here. He's basically been a captain. He was He's captain of Team Sweden before he came over to Canada. He was captain of his juniors team when he was playing up there. And he was the captain of the Avalanche. So he is a proven leader. He's the proven face of your franchise, quote-unquote. I know McKinnon and everything like that. I would think... Yeah, I mean... I would, you talk about the captains of the franchise. There's only been a select few. Talking about Super Joe, who had the C on his chest for 15 plus years. The second longest tenured C was is Gabriel Landeskog, mm -hmm. right behind Joe. The other people were Milan Hayduk for a year and Adam Footwood for a year. Those are the other two. But the the person who's held the C on his chest ever, since the second year he stepped foot in Colorado, his first year was uh, was Foot's last year, and his second year. That that's it, it's been his it's been his team it's his his leadership and I don't think it's going to be an easy let go but it's a decision that Landy either has to take a pay cut or we're going to have to possibly go a different direction. I was yeah I was going to say I would make Grubauer sign a three year deal because I don't like signing goaltenders to seven year contracts because you never know like who who's to say Grubauer is going to go back out there and be a Vezina finalist again next season. It's just not likely. 
So I would pay him whatever he wants. So you might end up paying him more per year, but you're only paying him for another two years. And then you can try and figure out your goaltending situation forwards. Like Landis don't come around all that often. Like he's not, a, I wouldn't say he's a top three player, but he's definitely a top 10 player in the league and a top six player when he's on fire. And I think that he's going to be necessary for the avalanche to win a Stanley cup. So I really do hope that Joe keeps him around. And I think, I mean, I list, you listen to him on Spitting Chicklets. I listened to him on Spitting Chicklets. He said Colorado was his favorite team because Peter Forsberg played here. So it's not like it's we're just blowing smoke. And I don't think I, – I was listening to Griffin on the Tell It As It Is podcast that we've been on in the past. I was listening to him. He's like maybe he was just posturing when he said that he's, he'd be willing to take a pay cut to stay in Colorado. I think there's enough there that Landeskog truly does just want to stay in Colorado. And and I think that he will, but I do think it's going to be on a longer deal where he's getting paid like two, three million a year, but he's making money for a very long time. And then I you could you could you could structure the deal where you get paid more in the back end or paid more in the beginning, where where you take a pay cut the first few years, but that money gets more pushed off to the back end. Where if you sign Grubauer for a three year deal, then Landy could get that payment and figure four, five, six, seven, or whatever. It, it, we're also we also got to talk about the fact that the NHL is banking on ESPN growing the sport so that they can because they're at a I mean, I think they're it, at yeah. a stale cap right now. Like usually the cap is a little bit flexible and you can go over in the luxury tax and everything like that. It's a flat cap. Like there is no extra money in the NHL to go around. Gary Bettman's going to start going through all the sofas in the different facilities. He's like, I need we need to make rent for everybody this week and and we don't have any money left over. So I think that that's what they're banking on also. So maybe yeah, you, they sign for, you sign for a little bit more money and then, or a shorter term contract. And once that salary cap becomes flexible again, that's like you said, you restructure very rarely like this 10 year, $500 million contract Patrick Mahomes is on. He's not going to see all $500 million of that contract. It's going to be worked out and worked around in different ways down the line that he'll get a portion of it, but he's not going to get the full $500 million that it was signed for. It's just how sports contracts yeah. work. Yeah, that's because the NFL isn't guaranteed. Basketball has a different story. Same with baseball. And and with with the restructuring and the ESPN deal, NBCSN, like there's people out there that don't have NBC Sports. If it's on and some of these hockey games are just on NBC Sports, they're not on NBC. So ES look, there's reason one of the reasons why basketball is so big right now in the States is because the TNT deal and ESPN deal. Every single playoff game and and the and the NBA this season has been on either TNT or ESPN. I've had to find okay, I'm not gonna say this publicly, but I've I've had to find some streams where I'm not proud of my computer's not streaming, very happy streaming Fortnite with Fortnite with the boys late at night. Yeah, like like I have to stream some stupid stuff to find a hockey game, and that's why the, the the revenue is terrible. ESPN will make that so much better. That's what that's why Monday Night Football is. As, I mean, I'm not saying the NHL will get to Monday Night Football's level, but the Monday Night Football has been so successful is because ESPN, have, when they have a product, they know what to do with it. <laughs> uh, and NBC Sports just doesn't. Yeah, when you're a league that doesn't have a specific day when, that you play, it's very difficult to do what the NFL does because the NFL owns. Uh, Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays in the and oh, sometimes, sometimes Saturdays, Saturdays in the fall and winter. And then when you're playing basketball and hockey and you play every single day of the week, it's just difficult to make that a thing. But I do think it'll help 
after a while. If anything else, they should put the World Junior Tournament on ESPN because that was the most frustrating thing. Like all of these guys have stakes in NHL franchises, and nobody got to see it except for you know when you were streaming on Twitch and just so happened to come across somebody that had it on in the background in a mirror. You know, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm not but saying it might we have. did that, but yeah, it might have happened. Um, we're coming up on an hour, so let's go ahead. We'll get into the break, and when we come back, we'll talk. MLB has some news that I want to talk about because you're you're you've been watching baseball, but you haven't necessarily you, you don't have the most experience there. So we want to talk about that, and we'll get into our segments. Um, but that'll be coming up here on the second portion of the far end of the bench here on the Unhinged Sports Network. Benchwarmers of the Unhinged Sports Network, we have business to tend to. We are still partnered with Fanatics, the home for any kind of sports merchandise that you can think of. And Nico, tell the people what they can find if they go to the Fanatics app in our bio at FEOTB Pod. We got so much stuff you can get off Fanatics right now. NBA playoffs are about to start. NHL playoffs are starting as well. Both teams, you can get any of your gear from Fanatics. Go get your jersey of a fair team. If your team wins this a cup, go get game. your Fanatics gear. Uh, go get uh, go get the championship gear on Fanatics, excuse me. Um, we have baseball starting up as well. Our Rockies aren't the best, but you know what? There's all-star game gear on Fanatics. So if you're in the Colorado area, you want to go get um, some all-star game gear, go to the Fanatics, our Fanatics shop. And as well, man, the NFL draft just started. I know Jimmy's got his Joe Burrow yes, jersey. Why don't you go get a Jamar game. Chase one now, those icy whites, or Go get yourself a Trevor Lawrence jersey, Justin Fields, or even if you're a Bronco fan, get you a Pastor's Tan number two. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. If you're a sports fan and you're not getting merchandise from Fanatics, I don't know what you're waiting for at this point. The best place to get all geared up, anything that you could want, any sport, any team, and it helps out the Unhinged Sports Network as well. Both and only one can leave. Hold on, wait a minute. That's not what we agreed on. This isn't a death match. What are you talking about? This isn't a death match. This is not. This is just our podcast. What? What's our podcast called? Our podcast is the Dago Express. I told you this. All of this in an email. Oh uh, yeah, I don't check. Why don't you check? Why did you give me your email if you're not going to check your email? Well, it's just nice to give somebody something to write down. I thought you just wanted something to write down. No, that's not at all what I wanted you to do. Okay, well, tell me more about this podcast. This podcast is just a bunch of random nonsense. Me and you having a conversation with the microphone. That's all it is. Okay, and when can I listen to this podcast? Tuesdays at 11 a.m. And is it just going to be one place? No, it'll be on all your streaming platforms. <laughs> so it's two brothers. Both enter. One microphone. See what happens. Yeah, I like that a lot better. Yeah, that's nice. We'll go with that. All right, welcome back to the far end of the bench, episode forty-six. I know we we continue to do these ones over Zoom. That's because Nico's been traveling for work. I'm getting ready to go on vacation. We'll be back yeah, together soon enough. But, yeah, this is literally my sole day at home because <laughs> yeah. before I'm back on the road. So Nico's a WWE wrestler. I don't know if you guys knew that on the side, but you know there was a guy who just took on Bobby Lashley for the World Heavyweight Championship, and I'm just saying nobody's ever seen Drew McIntyre and Nico in the same room. So you know we we do have yeah, like we say we have I'm lives outside of the podcast. You, you guys never know what we're doing. Um, speaking of which, you guys should go. We just heard from Fanatics. You guys should go to Fanatics and go get yourself some new gear. Championships are coming up, and if you're a Suns fan and they make it to the final, 
you know, maybe they don't I mean, win, I mean, it. win the I final. You can get some conference championship gear. So I, I oh, you never buy the conference championship stuff because that's a, can always either be tarnished or the best thing ever. But I may, but I may even grab some grab some Suns NBA Finals gear just just because I like it's a clout. And the Suns are technically, I mean. I, I know this is terrible saying this now, the first time saying this, but the Suns are technically my second team because I went to school there and know a lot of people that are fans. And I went to a lot of games and I met a lot of people. And I know it's bad to say that now. We get it. But no, we mean, get it. Bandwagon. Oh, got it. Uh, and I think the only – say, I'd say I'd get a uh, Booker jersey, but I think the only basketball gear I'm physically allowed to own is Ben Simmons shooting sleeve because we would get the same amount of use out of it as uh, – <laughs> as he did the other night. So I think that's the only thing I might go look on fanatics for a Ben Simmons shooting sleeve, you know, maybe it'll help. Maybe, maybe if I mess up my form, it'll make my shot a little bit better. Maybe just maybe. All right. Uh, we said that the MLB had some news to talk about and we weren't lying. There is now a new crackdown. It's been a rule that they've been talking about. If you follow Trevor Bauer on anything, you know that he's been talking about it a lot. Um, but they're cracking down on what do we we called it the Stickum Gate Stickum Stickum era. It's yeah, the Stickum era. era. Stickum era. They are finally cracking down in the Stickum era, and they're enforcing new new sets of rules. So I was kind of we were talking about it before we were recording. Um, how will umpires enforce MLB's foreign substance crackdown during games? Pitchers will be inspected after innings and/or when they come out of games if they're doing something suspicious during an at bat. They can be checked between batters as well. Their hat, glove, and belt will be looked at. The rest of the uniform is also in play if umpires deem it necessary. Um, so basically what the umpires are now going to be able to do, TSA pat-downs in between. Whenever you're acting suspicious and the umpire thinks that you have something sticky on you, you're going to go into a full cap, full cavity search. Um, so a game that's already too long and everybody says takes too much time is going to add just – you know, that much extra time on to how the game is going to go. I mean, DeGrom straight up came out and said Monday that he, uh, that he didn't see, that he didn't mind it, that he didn't see the difference. And that's the best pitcher in the game. And he's, he's, I mean, he's fine. Obviously your buddy Garrett Cole over the Yankees needs it because he struggles. Hey, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. And, and, and all the Trevor Bauer stuff are, is hilarious. How he has the ball on his hand when it's going like this. I think that's hilarious. I mean, at some point, like, does the stick him, like, does it inhibit the batter from hitting the ball? I, I, that's where they have to go in the off season and figure out the logistics behind it, because they got to go in and be like, okay, does scr- sunscreen, I mean, it's hard to – I mean, this because you're kind of testing it out. In the offseason, you'll be able to figure it out, but in the middle of the season, you kind of just got to say no. But in the offseason, they got to go and be like, okay, this is what affects the bat hitting against the ball and how – like, because, look, we're in a, a new age where everything can be hypothesized and tested. So you might as well do it. And you got to see what inhibits the batter from hitting a ball in a certain way and, and what doesn't. Because if there's a way that st- that pitchers can have stick them when the ball doesn't go at batters' heads, you gotta be able to figure that out. But there's also a way you gotta make sure that the batters they're not the ball is the ball is still flying, the ball is still being hit at a normal rate, even with whatever's on the ball on the hand. If that makes sense. 
Well, I'll ask you this. As a guy who never really played baseball growing up and a very casual baseball fan, what do you think adding the sticky substance does? Do you think that it gives you a lot more, like, if you're going to compare it to a sport, do you think that there's as much benefit using stickum in baseball as there is using stickum in football as a receiver or a DB? What What do you I'll think be- the sticky substance brings to the game? Because stickum in football is illegal. There's a certain st- there's there's a certain certain gloves that that have grip on it that's different than than putting something on your gloves. Because I remember, I mean, specifically having gloves, and I'm not going to say the brand, but we had to wear a certain brand of gloves, and those gloves got got like it was like catching with 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 uh, rubber because you because the ball was literally flying off it after one game, and you'd have to get new gloves basically every game because that brand, which I'm not going to repeat, but that brand would not, did not create the best receiver gloves and baseball gripping the baseball, where it's just your hand. If you can palm the ball like this, first of all, you have too much on the ball. I mean, yeah. That's too much. There, there, you don't need that much. Trust extent. me. Yeah. You, don't, yeah. you don't need that much. It ain't the size but, of the but, ship. It's the motion of the ocean, all that crap. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like like there's a way to I think because cause that chalk because because I, I remember seeing when I was little I was like why the hell is there like a b- big bag of yeah. chalk? In it the actually does the bag. opposite. It dries your hand out. The rosin bag so, dries your hand. Yeah, so I don't I don't know what they got to figure it out, but um, it's just Manfred has done this has a terrible job at figuring out things and and doing the right thing. Where this is a resolution that. Obviously, it needs to be figured out in the off season. So during the season, but you cannot continue with the umpires checking the pitcher after every inning. You cannot do that for the foreseeable future. You can do that this year to try it out, but you got to figure out what you're going to do with the ball and what you're going to do with the stickum and what's going to be allowed and what's not going to be allowed. Because if if everybody's using it. There's obviously some, there's obviously something wrong. Everyone outside of Jacob Degrom, who's the best pitcher in the world right now, he's just a freak. It, yeah, yeah, is, is using it. Then there obviously helps a little bit because balls still fly. But in a year where the hitting has not been as good, you have to figure out in the offseason what's gonna what's gonna be a what's gonna be a value, what's gonna be allowed, what's not gonna be allowed. Because I am not going to sit through a six-hour baseball game because the pitcher was getting patted down every half inning. I'm sorry. Like, I, I went to a baseball game when I was in Dallas. I enjoyed it. One extra innings because it was cool to see the new stadium in Arlington, which was dope. But if that game would have went fucking four hours, I would not have sat there. I walked around because I, I wanted to see the stadium and everything. Yeah. I am not sitting my ass in a seat unless it's a playoff game for more than two hours. What about the All-Star game? Uh, okay, that's different. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If it's a special game, then I will. I sat but through like, the 21, right, inning, 21 extra inning All-Star game on TV once. Yeah, the, the, I, I sat through a nineteen that 19-inning World Series game a few years back because my oh. buddy at school was a Dodgers fan. And oh. I remember being like, why the fuck am I still watching Gross. this? Yeah. And like, like, there, there, oh. there's, points, there's points where like baseball is a sport that is fun to watch at times. But then there's that time. There's times where like, there's there's okay, two two pitches ground out to first, two pitches fly out to center field, error on the third baseman, runner advances, like innings, like like that's a common inning. Mm -hmm. But like 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 there's there's points where 
I'm root every time I go to a baseball game, I'm rooting for two things. I'm rooting for a 10 to 7 game, or I'm rooting for a no hitter. <laughs> There's no in between. <laughs> a three to two baseball game is a snooze fest. That's yeah. why I'm lucky my team's the Rockies. Of <laughs> course, Field always fucking has insane games. It's always it's always five run plus games. The over is the over almost hits every single game. Yeah. So that's if you're trying to grow the sport, you gotta keep the game going. Let's put it that way. Well, the the MLB is like sitting through a two and a half hour lecture, and then he gives you a study guide with the answers on it. Like I could have got all of that information in five minutes. It didn't have to be yeah. two and a half hours. Um, what I really think that the crackdown is proving. I know Manfred's come out and said that they weren't juicing the ball so that there'd be more home runs hit. There has to be something going on because the response that we're seeing with the pitchers and the amount of sticky stuff is because it's so easy to hit home runs. The sticky stuff does help. And especially if you're a guy like Garrett Cole, who I think would have unhittable stuff, no matter what it does help. And it gives you that slight edge. Don't forget about the slight edge that hitters had for like 20, 25 years of steroids like Barry Bonds' helmet size grew when he turned 36. That's not normal. I don't know who you who you normally come in contact with, but that's not normal. Um, so I think that's the main thing. And I also wanted to bring this up because I think it's stupid that the MLB is doing this. It started today as we're recording this. Today was the first day that the umpire can call for uh, TSA searches on the field in between innings. So we'll have to we'll talk about it next week. I'm sure because I'm sure that there's going to be one game where the umpire is like, hold on. I have to check you before every single batter because I just don't trust you. The umpire wants hey, to get a little hey, bit more screen hey, time. Hey, they better check the home run balls then for the home run derby, right? Or because because there's going to be home- juiced. I want them juice, right? I want them yeah. jacked up on every single steroid. I want them balloons. Yeah. Like, I want those balls to fucking go out of the stadium at five, 600 fucking yards. I want to see the trainer. I want to see the Rock's trainer give Shoei Otani whatever kind of stack that the Rock uses. Give him a metal bat, too. Fuck yeah. it. Let's make this Why, shit fucking go. That's I think if you give him – because he hits 460-foot home runs with ease with a wood bat. Giving him a metal bat, that's just a dangerous situation. I, I'm excited. I'm ready for that. He's the, I'm so ready for He's that. the only one. The MLB – we talk about them not knowing how to market their stuff. He's the only person right now that's been announced for the home run derby, so they know what they're doing. Everybody's jacked. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Judge said he's not doing it unless they go back to Yankee Stadium. So fuck him. I don't, I'm sorry. I, fuck, fuck Judge. I, honestly, I don't think that he would do very well at Coors Field hitting home runs. Oh, terrible trash player, trash organization. I'm going to keep that quiet. But I mean, and, but I think we'll have Vladdy Jr. I think because because Vladdy Jr. has been fucking rakes too. I think they'll they'll obviously have some I, Rocky. I think it'll be yeah. probably be probably be Ryan McMahon. Yeah, McMahon. Um, I want them to but, have Tatis. I think Tatis could do very well in a home run derby here because Coors Field you hit line drives then you go out Tatis because that's really what a home run derby comes down to is how much energy do you have throughout the whole thing and when you're swinging. Yoenis Cespedes the other year when he hit like seventy five home runs in a night that is incredible swinging the bat for 75 home runs plus however many balls he didn't hit out that's a that's nightmare on your body yeah talk about Cespedes who wasn't doing it on roids and then Josh Hamilton who did at Yankees on roids, Yankee Stadium on roids no matter if you're on steroids or not Josh yeah, Hamilton that hard. night it was impressive too yeah uh let's uh let's move on to most dominant team of the week now um 
and I'll let you go first. So I don't, I don't steal. I stole yours twice last week. So I'll let you go first this time. My, my mine's actually a pretty good one. So I have the Italian soccer team, the first team in UEFA, um, um, UEFA tournaments or whatever to win every single league play game where you didn't concede a goal. First team in 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 the World Cup or or the the uh, Euros and which which are going on right now. First team to come out of the pool play, win every single game, and not concede a single goal. And they they have eleven straight clean sheets, going back to to friendlies and everything, which means no goals at all. And I mean their goalie Gianluigi uh, Donnarumma. Wow, yeah, that's a name. <laughs> that's a name. That can, Gianluigi Donnarumma. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the dude's a good goalie, but I, I mean, Italy is the third favorite to win right now, behind obviously France and Germany. Viva Italia! I mean, but, but Italy, number one, number, number one team in the group, and they three clean sheets. They could be a deadly team, man. So that that's my most dominant team of the week. Grande equipa dell'Italia. There we go. I like it. Um, I chose the Milwaukee Bucks as my most dominant team of the week, not because they were necessarily super dominant, but hey. Giannis got past the second round of the playoffs, and we get to see the Greek freak in a conference final. I'm excited for that. As a sports, as a guy who's a casual basketball fan, but a big sports fan, that's exciting. That puts butts in the seats. That puts new eyeballs on the sport. So that's huge that Milwaukee got back there. Um, and I do think I think that they're probably going to get through Atlanta and make it to the final. And then we get Giannis in the you NBA. Never know. It's, it's a little chilly up there in, in Milwaukee. You know, it's a little chilly. That's Some true. ice trays, maybe. Uh... Maybe yeah, present. <laughs> who, who does this? Uh, I guess Il Capo. Il Capo versus the Greek. We got the Mediterranean <laughs> melee. <laughs> yeah, and, and Capella, too, who, yeah. who's a big man, too, can guard Giannis a little bit. It's going to be go. fun series. I'll tell you that. Uh, bench warmer of the week, Ben Simmons. Is that just. Yeah, Ben Simmons. It's it's one hundred percent Ben Simmons, but I wanted to add in another one. I have two extra ones. I have Rudy Gobert because of his his defensive liability as a defensive player. That's terrible. And Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers has now won has now lost. Excuse me, twenty nine, um, twenty or sorry, he's now lost twenty nine series clinching games. That is by that is. 27 more than than the or sorry he now he, he has 29 losses i think it's either game 7 or it, no it's not game 7 cuz he hasn't been coaching that long 29 uh um losses in series clinching series clinching games the next highest is like 4 with like pat riley or or phil ja- or something like 29 that is I mean, He's probably I getting out. close to tying his wins. <laughs> like, 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 like Doc Rivers. He is. I'm. I. I may have gotten slack of this. I may not. Doc Rivers is one of the most overrated coaches in NBA history. The Boston Celtics with KG and Paul Pierce, Ray Allen made that man a career. He should not be a coach in this league. Still, he is a coach in this league because he won that ring in Boston. Yeah. He doesn't win that win that ring in Boston in 2008. I think it was Eight. or might have yep. been 2009. Yeah. He doesn't win that ring there. He doesn't have a job. Reminder, the Clippers traded a first-round pick for Doc Rivers. They traded a first-round pick to Boston for, uh, for Doc Rivers, the coach, back when Boston was getting rid of the big, their big three and it was disbanding and they got rid of Doc Rivers. They traded a first-round pick for him. A coach, this guy, 
who 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 is one of the worst winning percentages in game seven history, or the worst winning percentages winning percentage in game history in game seven history. And I mean, look, Ben Simmons is to blame because the poor guy does everything right-handed. And and Doc Rivers at this point is like, fuck it, man. Everywhere I go, everybody just disappoints me. And he just doesn't do in-game adjustments. Ben Simmons sucks. And, and the, the Philadelphia, just Philly, is, is the bench warmer of the league. There we go. We'll combine all of it. Philly yeah. is the bench warmer of the league. Uh, I'll ask you this question. Would you rather have Nick Sirianni or Doc Rivers as your head coach as a professional athlete? Are you playing – you'd rather go with rock, paper, scissors over Zoom or are you going with a guy who's never going to win you ever, anything ever? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Nick Sirianni then. I guess. Yeesh. I guess. I guess. I mean, that's that's a tough. That's a tough load. Doc I'd Rivers. rather just but not Sirianni be a pro. Sirianni could be a good coach. You're like, I'd rather just not be a pro athlete. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and work at nine to five. I just, I can't deal with either of you. Yeah, Ben, um, ben Simmons, if he was five foot eight, would be working at UPS. <laughs> he'd be a truck driver if he wasn't if he wasn't six foot ten. Do you think that he'd be good at like twenty one or something like that? Do you think that he he should maybe go around to like street courts in New York or something? I mean, he's a great street ball player because they don't fucking play defense over or they 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 play a little more defense and and they he can drive the basket and fouls aren't free throws. They're check ball at the, the top. Yeah, that's how yeah. street ball goes. There's no free throws in street ball. You check it up at the top. That's ben, if Ben Simmons gets fouled going to the bucket, then. He just gets the end one, or or he gets he gets another possession with the ball, so uh, it's 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 a bad situation. That's all we can when, say. When, when Jimmy when Jimmy and I took more shot, took the same amount of shots as Ben Simmons in the fourth quarter of games five, six, and seven. That's that's all you need to say. We yeah. took as many shots as he did in game five, six, and seven in the fourth quarter. That's true. You know, sitting on our couches. I, if I was a, if I'm able to roast you about your shooting sleeve, you know that you're in a bad situation. And what when I said that you're like oh, but then you thought about it, you're like he's not wrong. He's not, not wrong. wrong. The most useless piece of clothing in in NBA history. And that's the meme. Like if you ever feel like you're useless, remember Ben Simmons wears a shooting sleeve. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh let's move on here to our um, partnership segments. We'll go with what's brewing first, presented by the High Alpine Brewing Company. Follow our friends on Instagram and Twitter at High Alpine Brew. You can also check them out on Facebook. Great, great brewery out there in Gunnison in the mountains in Colorado. And I, I want to start because I saw this one when I first came to ESPN this morning, and it surprised me because it's not something that I, I was expecting to read. But the NCAA took a major loss at the Supreme Court level when they were trying to lower the size of athletic scholarships allowed to be given by the schools since the name and likeness rule, name and likeness law was passed. The NCAA was then trying to lower the amount of money that they have to pledge for scholarships, and the Supreme Court turned them down in a unanimous ruling 9-0 in favor of the former players, um, which reignites hope that things can be changed for the better and that the NCAA isn't all-powerful because if you want to talk about some of the most corrupt organizations in the world, I think it goes FIFA, I think it goes Olympics because I, I love the Olympics and I know that he, I can't, I'm not I can't saying really anything else. But yeah, I'm we, not saying we, this. <laughs> we can go. We can go through history, but the NCAA is up there with some of the bigger, bigger crooks. And this was a time where they actually got put back in their place. I agree with the ruling that the Supreme Court had, um, and I think that this is maybe showing that the schools can. I, I think it started last year with Nebraska, even though they kind of got put back in their place with the conference. Um, but I think it started back then when they were like, you know what? I don't need a conference. We're just going to play games. Whoever wants to show up can show up. 
And now we're seeing the NCAA get pushed back in other areas. I think it's great for college sports. I think this is exactly the first step that is needed to maybe making the future a little bit better for these student athletes as somebody who played in, under the NCAA banner. Yeah. And for people, and for myself, who's has, has friends who played there as well. And, and, and have seen that firsthand. I think that's the next step. hundred percent, 100 percent. Um, so for my next, what's brewing, we just talked about it. The process is over. Process is a reality, Philly. It's a reality or the process. It's not the process anymore. You can't go, eight, you can't go keep going eight years and say it's still a process. It's a reality check. Ben Simmons is switching hands. He's not shooting with his left anymore. He's going to be shooting with his right, apparently. I mean, he's right-handed. He, 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 when he threw out the first pitch for the Phillies, he threw right-handed. Why the fuck are you left-handed shooting? So so him, he's going to be shooting with his right hand. Uh, he's probably going to be traded to, to fucking Orlando or somewhere shit and be, be sent to basketball hell, and he'll be forgotten about and be one of the worst – no, not the worst, but be in the conversation for one of the biggest busts and the number one overall pick. Could be in that conversation eventually. And, yeah, the process is over. And any doubt that Jok- that Embiid was better than Jokic because, um, because Jokic got as far as Embiid did without his best player. Or second best player, excuse me. Without his second best player. He got as far as Embiid did. So any, any debate about Embiid being better than Jokic is over. Goodbye. Your your argument is invalid. What are the odds that we maybe see Mike Conley or CJ McCollum in Philadelphia after they blow up the process? Uh, if if CJ McCollum doesn't make that team better, I I don't know why people think Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum is going to make everyone better. Because because what 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 the fuck is Ben Simmons going to do off ball in Portland? He has to have the ball in his hands to do something because he can't. Go off a screen and fucking pull up. Is Damian Lillard going to be a shooting guard in, in Portland? And then also, CJ McCollum, you want to talk about disappearing acts? He disappeared in the first round way Like, then, then, then Philly is back to square one and they only have one star and they, and they have a bunch of role players. So I think that's a terrible trade for both teams. But I mean, that's just me. Damn it. That's the last time I listened to Kendrick Perkins talk about basketball. I should have known. I should have known. Andre okay. Perkins is just something different. I'll tell you that. I, he continues to amaze me because he pushes the limits of stupidity every single time that he goes on TV. But he has a job at ESPN, and I don't. So what do I know? Because I he's also, also he's also an NBA champion because of Doc Rivers. Well, I was <laughs> well, hey, Kendrick Perkins and Doc Rivers have the same amount of credibility because they won the fucking championship because of Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, right now. Let's put that out there. I was also the only reason why those two men have jobs today is because because of Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. That's just, just put that out there. I was also going to say that I pay. I'm paying or going to have to pay my student loans for four years of a communications degree, and he's just on ESPN because of Doc Rivers and the Big Three in Boston. So, um, yeah, you know, it's great. I'm not bitter at all. I have no hard feelings towards anybody in that situation. Just carry on. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, off the hinges presented by the unhinged sports network follow them at network unhinged on twitter check out all the shows at unhingedsn.airtime.pro our show debuts every wednesday from 1 to 3 p.m eastern uh what do you got what's what are you going off the hinges about this week so my off the hinges we, i am so sick and tired of these voters the nba media voters for awards is terrible so the all nba teams were announced first of all devin booker wasn't anywhere on there 
It blows my mind. He wasn't Joel an all-star Embiid, either. Joel, Joel Embiid, who was a second in MVP voting, was his first team, which they took they I guess they only took one center, but they should have taken a two because MB deserved to be first team. And these voters aren't getting it. They're not getting it. Players bonuses rely on this. Paul George and, and Devin Booker lost out on the Supermax because of, uh, or sorry, no, Devin Booker is not going to get the Supermax because he wasn't part of an All-NBA team in his contract. That's, you're taking money out of players' mouths because you think that that motherfucking uh, Paul George had as good of a regular season as Devin Booker. And you think that some of these players, because of their legendary status, they get the they get it over the other guys who have had hell of a years. And you are taking money out of people's pockets. They need to figure out who the hell the voters are because whoever, first of all, whoever gave Derrick Rose a first place vote doesn't should ever have a vote ever again. Even if it was a fan vote, get rid of that stupid shit. And and they gotta figure out they gotta get reliable sources. I'm sick and tired of media fucking votes. Get fucking Hall of Famers. That's the people that know. Get, get, go get 50 NBA Hall of Famers, which there are fucking thou- a hundred, hundreds of them still alive. You can do with it. If you don't want to be biased, do it ones that were 20, retired 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever it may be, and have them vote. Because, because the media voting, people, people live in New York, so they vote for a Knicks guy as all NBA. People live in L.A. because they they so they vote Anthony Davis, who didn't play half the year as a third-team All-NBA. We got to get rid of the media presence and the voting and let it be known to the players. Give it to the players that have been around the league for so long, that are Hall of Famers, that did all this, because the media vote, the, the, the media, the quote-unquote expert media, is 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 costing players millions and millions of dollars because they don't know how to select all NBA teams and select award voting. Yeah, I think that you can look at MLB too. There's got to be some way that you can kind of meld it, make it 50-50 because you can't have it be just the media. You can't have it be just the players because I think if you have it just be the players, you'll get a bias in a different way. I think they've got to figure out somehow to make the two mesh together but there's got to be something different. And the people who are voting for these awards have to know that they're not making some life-altering decision, kind of like Jeff Breidich. You're the general manager. You were the general manager of a sports franchise. Don't compare your job to brain surgery because that's what he did in the media. That's what a lot of these guys who vote for these awards do. I don't, don't appreciate it. Just like how you, it's all sports, even not even just professional sports, college. Chris McCaffrey should have won the Heisman his senior year but he played in Stanford. So everybody who voted for the Heisman went to bed when all when his games were going on. Nobody ever watched him, and Derrick Henry ended up getting it instead. Not like a bad consolation. It's just different. Um, my off the hinges this week, and it's about your Broncos. They got a lot of flack for canceling their last minicap camp practice. I think it's mainly just because people need something to talk about at this time of the year. Uh, I honestly don't have a problem with it. And I think if you were you're going to ask me the biggest thing that the Broncos needed was a little bit of team camaraderie last season. And this is something that maybe will bring them that they were able to hang out. They were able to be lighthearted, able to have fun, joke around. And really, these minicamp practices weren't going to do much for them anyways. 
when training camp starts and when these scrimmages and preseason and, and season games start, you're going to see a little bit of benefit from this. I don't think that this was a totally lost day for the Denver Broncos and everybody saying that this is going to be the reason they go five and 11 again is not looking at the roster, not looking at anything of the past four to five years where they've been under 500. They're just trying to say that because they need content for their show. It's June 23rd. As you're listening to this. Why the fuck is this even a topic? Teams do, like, teams do this, team building activities all the time. All the time. They have their players go to playoff games together. They have their players players go play golf together. It's, it's the middle of fucking June, and the season doesn't start till fucking October. Or no, August, August, September. Doesn't start till September, excuse me. Like, like... You're telling me a field day where 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 teammates get to get to know each other more than they already were. I think this should be more more often, more often, mm-hmm. because obviously there there's 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 because veteran leadership like the Von Millers, the Shelby Harris's, get to meet these guys like. I mean, Bradley Chubb has been around for a few more years, but get to meet Patrick Sertan, get to meet um, Jerry Judy, get to meet these guys in a different way than just banging heads at practice. That's how you build a championship team. Yeah. Tom Brady doesn't 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 just fucking uh, go out and play and, and throw to his receivers on off days just for the hell of it. He's building camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Like there 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 there's 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 look, there there's fans that that want success back in here Denver, and I understand that. I'm one of them. It fucking sucks seeing a five eleven team out there. I'm not gonna lie, but like if. It, you're t- if you're telling me that one practice in the middle of fucking June is going to cost this team a fucking game, I'm going to tell you right now you're an you're an idiot, and you you should stop. You should get off the fucking wagon because when this Broncos team somehow ends up or one day ends up being good again, you don't fucking deserve to be on it because this goes much farther than football. This goes past. This goes to the mental health aspect of it of getting the players a nice day to have fun with their families and with teammates this goes to the factor of building camaraderie building of a team because this ain't the fucking uh tennis or 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 this ain't tennis or this ain't swimming where you're by yourself up there you are you are a team aspect and you are only as good as your weakest player Mm-hmm. And that goes for football, even though there's 20 only there's 50 guys on the roster and 22 play at a time. Like there's still an aspect of if your worst guy on the team is slacking and doesn't feel connected with everyone else around them, then that's just going to hurt you in the long run. Well, I mean, go back to the conversation we had with Chris Anderson in a podcast a while ago. Now we've been doing this for almost a year since, since we had him on, but we asked him what like the turning point was when he came back to Denver and was playing with the Thuggets and he did, or not the, I think it was, what, what was the turning point in Miami and how he became ingratiated in that culture he didn't tell us a practice story. He told us a story about them being out at a fundraiser at a karaoke bar and the team forced him to get up there and sing. Yeah, yeah. Like they, it was a that, non, non-practice related activity, but that's how they melded together. And that's how they built the trust to go out and win a championship. Like it's, it's one fucking practice in the middle of June. If this was a practice during, during the week of a week of a game, it's different. Probably different. And or if this is, is Sean McVay canceling minicamp altogether? Yeah, like this. I mean, take a take a 
break, man. Like, give it a break. And let, let these are kids. Some of these guys are our age, 20, 21 years old, twenty two years old, that are still living the dream, and they are having fun and enjoying their life. Their teammates. Let them. Let them live. I agree. That's. Uh... That's why I wanted to bring it up because it's not that big of a deal. And everybody that I've listened to who actually played the game said the same thing. It's not that big of a deal. You can have just as much benefit come out of somebody having fun, like yeg toss or water balloon fight, something on the field. You can have just as much fun and learn just as much about being a team during that as you can in your fifth session of nine on seven after you've been bashing heads for two and a half hours. There's more to there's more building than what's on the field. You're building a, building something that's not even talked about. Mm-hmm. The 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 team aspect is something that's not talked about. You don't say, "Oh, we're a good, we, we are so close together." It just happens. Either you know when you're on a team aspect. Anyone who's played a team sport at all, you know if that team gels together or not. You just know. It, it's not spoken about. Well. You don't talk with the other guys saying, no, we have bad chemistry. I don't like you, blah, blah, blah. I mean, of course, those altercations happen. But you know, every single person at the locker room knows that this is a good team or not. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's why I think that we should, like you said, pump the brakes. It's June. We don't have to worry about it. And we can just continue to move on. And once training camp and everything starts, this is not going to have effect on how the team plays when it comes to September. Um, so that was what that was off the off the hinges presented by the Unhinged Sports Network, and now moving on to the final "What's on Our Screen" segment. This time presented by the Dago Express podcast, my new podcast that I started about a month ago with my brother. Uh, you can follow us at Dago Express on Instagram and Twitter. Um, but we are going to start. So I'll I'll say that PLL Lacrosse is on my mind because the Water Dogs are taking on the Archers, the number one team in the league based on goal differential. Their ass is kicked. Hey, I'm sorry, hey, but hey, they are. Listen. We win. We won. We won both games the last time that we had games, so I'm holding out hope. The archers are different. I'll tell you that right now. Between Grant Ament and and their absolute for or Tom Schreiber. I mean, these are names that most people probably have no idea. But these are absolute studs at the game of the cross. And the water dogs are are they're a good story. You're a good story, Jimbo. But but the archers are diff- built different, as you like to say. I think you're just salty that the redwoods and water dogs are. St- dead even right now they lost okay. one game my woods will be fine no but we're goal, they play in baltimore 35 shots yeah, they, 34 shots allowed and one goal differential uh, okay well it, it look like it look, it's gonna change this weekend they're in baltimore which is where the home of uh johns hopkins university which is where kyle harrison who is f- playing his final season and of, of, of pro lacrosse he's played for 20 years now and he, he is returning home, so the Woods are going to win. Don't worry about that. They'll, they'll be back up top. And, and the art, I will guarantee, Charles Barkley guarantee that, that, the, that the Woods win and the uh, Water Dogs lose. Wow. There you go. I mean, that was a deep – that's a deep lacrosse cut. You're bringing in Johns Hopkins University and everything like that. That's like – the Northeast is probably – blowing up right now because you just mentioned oh, you, you barely know yeah people don't know about johns hopkins unless you know about lacrosse johns hopkins is lacrosse yeah that's your doctors there that's basically all i know about those t- that that school um but go ahead let's uh i want you to remind the people what this segment is going to be moving forward because like i said this is the last what's on your screen so uh what's what are we going to fill in instead yes, of- so so starting weekly we'll have the uh we'll have one conspiracy theory where 
Jimmy and I will alternate who, who what conspiracy theory we want to talk about, and at the end we're either going to debunk it that it is completely false, or we'll say maybe true, or we'll, no, so we'll say we'll, we'll say we'll say we'll, we'll do factor cap, the <laughs> factor cap. That's that's what we'll call it. It's factor cap with 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 the far to the bench, and where we uh, decide whether the uh, conspiracy theory is either totally fucking wrong or there's a good shot of it being true so we'll, we'll discuss the details and i may be the first one last week or jimmy may be the first one next week we'll we'll decide that later but that's what this is going to be yeah that's coming up and then we also like i mentioned last week we're gonna have some more youtube content youtube exclusive content with the how it could have sounded um so we're i know that we've been busy and we've been doing zoom podcasts like i said but things are gonna start getting back to we're gonna end up having no sports to talk about until august so we're, we're going to fill that time. Exactly. And the only thing that we'll have of note that we'll be watching in, in general will be the All-Star game. And that, that because that's the only Colorado sport. I mean, the Rockies are playing every day. But when the big, the next big Colorado sporting event is the All-Star game. Yeah, we'll have plenty so, of content surrounding that too. And then we also have to do our lacrosse watch along and our Olympic wrestling walk along. Oh, yeah, so lot, we got lots of, yeah, lots of good stuff. And then yeah. finally, for what's my what's on my screen before we move on to the next one? I have the Euros. Obviously, I'm gonna be watching those. That's kind of just something I've been throwing on in the mornings and and having fun because I gotta wake up at seven a.m. <laughs> for for uh, for for uh, to be an I, adult. I to, I, yeah, to be an adult and work. On, on the weekends from Wednesday to Mondays, the last, the last two weeks, that's what I've been doing. So, um, yeah, I've been throwing on the Euros while I've been eating breakfast before. So I, I, that's, that, I, that's something I've been watching. And obviously, the Suns Clippers are just going to be straight popcorn. <laughs> that's, that, yeah. I'm going to be sitting at home or sitting, at, sitting in my hotel room enjoying the hell out of those games. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been crazy, but at least it's starting. Like the summer, it's been busy. I feel like the all-star break is the holy grail where we're going to get to that point and everything's going to slow down and we're going to be like, okay, now, now we're good. Um, so that's what's on our screen, and we'll be replacing that with Factor Cap next week. So be sure, if you're not subscribed and you're listening to this, hit the subscribe button so that you can make sure that you keep up to date with all of that. Now let's finish this episode out with uh, our normal segments, Beats of the Week, Player of the Week, and Play of the Week, and then uh, we can give everybody a chance to uh, go on about the rest of their work weeks. If you're not like me and enjoying vacation, because as you're listening to this, I'm going to be uh, slightly inebriated. I will say in Las Vegas, Nevada beats of the week. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I'll go first. So yeah, Jimmy is going to be uh, throwing money on. I probably won't be throwing money, but at, at the sports book. but he may, he may, he may. Um, I might be so hot sports book. <laughs> That's true. So I got my first beats of the week. I have Portugal to miss the uh, cut to not make the next group. So I thought these odds were very interesting. So obviously, the, it's the death group. You have Hungary, Portugal, France, and Germany. So two of those teams only can make it. And I th- and, and Germany will put a whooping on, on Portugal. And France, they've won – or France uh, tied against Hungary, and they, they beat Germany. So that means they're – Right now, they're top of the top of the group with four points, and and Portugal and Germany each have three. So that means either Portugal or Germany are not going to move on, or Fr- one of those three is not going to move on. I think it's going to be France and Germany. And right now, Portugal's odds to miss the cut for the round of sixteen is plus one thousand, which I, I I am blown away at that. <laughs> those huge. are those are 
I mean, yeah, that is, those are massive odds. So obviously they think Portugal could possibly beat France mm-hmm. in their final game of the group stage. And I think Germany still, I think because Germany now plays Hungary, and I think they beat Hungary. I mean, let's be honest here. It's Hungary, okay? I'm not hungry, but it's the country hungry. So oh, I think Deutschland yeah. beats, beats Hungary. They move on to the knockout stage. And I still think France can beat Portugal. So I think Portugal is on the outs there. And I think they missed the round of 16. So plus 1,000. Those are odds that I have to take right now. Before I leave to South Carolina, which is where, um, where my next where my next tour is um, this week, because there's no online sports betting, so I'll, that's a bet I'm gonna be taking the, today or tomorrow, um, or Monday or Monday or Tuesday as you're listening to this. I'm gonna need you to uh, to remind me to put money. That's I, and you're gonna have to make. I'm gonna need you to double check before I actually put money on it. I like because by, by the time you get there, that's the only thing. By the time you get there, the odds may change because Germany plays. Tomorrow morning or Tuesday morning, excuse me. If they play Tuesday I'll, morning, I'll be in Vegas Tuesday morning. I get into okay, Vegas so at like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, those those odds stay the same. Stay the same. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, to you gotta let yourself me know. some money. I'll I'll go ahead and and I'll actually bet in a sports book because my first bet online didn't go well. I mean, we'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Fun. My my I am great online. I am terrible in person. I went over five in Vegas betting in person. I won it all back. Yeah, I won it all back in blackjack, but I went over five in 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 betting in person, which sucked. All right. Yeah, I uh, I'm interested to see. Like, I I've been in a sports book. I uh, fell asleep in the sports book because they were the most comfortable chairs and I ran out of money oh, to spend at the, at the nightclub. So I'm excited and I'm definitely, I'll be texting you tomorrow and I don't know if you'll be awake yet because I'm like, I'm, I'm not even going to bed tonight as we're recording this. I'm just staying up for the flight. Um, so I'll need a reminder text in the morning and then I'll need you to double check and make sure that this is still something. Cause I'm obviously not going to watch. The odds are there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't know anything about the rules or the point structures. So Plus one thousand. Don't screw me on this. I need you to be my bookie, I'm like my bookie interpreter. I'm screw myself either, Jimbo. Yeah, because I'm okay. be throwing money on my own on that. So if you if you put money down, I'll have faith, and I'll put some money down live, and and we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll give. Maybe that'll be some social media content for you guys. So follow us at FAOTB Pod. Uh, my first beat for this week: Oven Saint Pru plus one twenty against Tanner Tanner Bozer. Over Oven Saint Pru plus one twenty over Tanner Bozer. Um, yeah, I mean, that, is, is it a big UFC card this weekend? I think it's just a fight night. It's not. It's not, it's not anything okay. huge, but yeah, those, I are, the, I, those are two of the bigger names on the card. Yeah, I watched the Ultimate Fighter while I was on the plane. So, that, I mean, the, all the UFC stuff is good. I know we're three weeks out from Poirier McGregor three. Uh, I think there's another UFC card i thought there was before then but i'm not positive um or sorry sure. like pay-per-view card but i mean it's it's always great great watching ufc whenever whenever you're saturday night if there's no nba on no nhl on like there is monday night there is an aim or there is a game at nhl on monday night but it was a 7-0 game so there's basically no games yeah. on monday unfortunately i'm gonna watch some ufc stuff old ufc stuff because that's always a good time to watch yeah and i think uh Ovin St. Pru, he's the he's the guy who holds the record for Von Flu chokes in the UFC, which yeah, is like yeah. an impossible choke to get in jujitsu. So he's a he's a live underdog no matter what. And he almost he uh he was John Jones' first fight back from 
the initial suspension from when he crashed into the pregnant woman and broke her arm while high on cocaine a while ago. And Ovin that was the first one. <laughs> yeah, that the was first the first suspension. Um, but Ovin St. Prue looked really good against a guy like John Jones. And Tanner Bozer is a young prospect, but he's not. I would go with experience over the young lion and Tanner Bozer. So uh, I like Ovin St. Prue plus 120. What's your What's your next line that you got? So, I mean, I'm picking the Suns to win because I'm, 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 I'm bandwagoning. So I might, might as well go full bandwagon. Yeah. I'm going to go Devin Booker, NBA Finals MVP at plus 280. <laughs> the favorite right now is Giannis at plus 140. The second favorite right now is Devin Booker, Finals MVP, the plus 280. I think – I mean, I think it's going to be one of those two teams to win it all. And I think it's going to be Giannis or Devin Booker as the NBA Finals MVP. So if, if you're picking the Suns like I am – then, then come with me, and I'll and, and bet Devin Booker NBA Finals MVP. If you're also picking the Suns, why not go with my next line? Suns in four plus oh, forty over the Clippers. Jimmy, <laughs> by the time this comes out, this might already be completely null and void because this will be after Game Two. But hey, Suns in four I could plus still be alive. Oh my God, man! And, oh, and tricks but... on everybody else. I'm going to clip this and put Suns in four in the title and clickbait the hell out of everybody. I don't think yeah, it's going to happen, but it's plus just, 440, like, come on. I don't know what hurts more. The Actually, I do know what hurts more. The Nuggets getting their asses kicked 4-0 or the fucking guy losing. Or fucking, that's that's what hurts more. That guy continuing to be losing. famous. Yeah, the guy continuing to be the fucking face of fucking Sons fans. That's what hurts. That hurts more than, than freaking Nuggets losing because we had no shot of winning that series, obviously, in general. And the guy fucking do, beating the shit out of our Nuggets fan and then yelling Suns in four and then it coming true, which just hurts yeah. even more. Did you uh, did you watch him when he was on Pardon My Take? No, I saw the fuck. I saw they did interviewed you see, him while he was at game two, at game one, and it oh. was just a fucking shit show. When he was on Pardon My Take, they were like, do you have, so you got into Devin Booker reached out, like, what would be the one thing that you want from the Suns organization? And this dude was like, you know, if I could just get out on the court, like, shoot around with the boys before the game. And he, Big Cat's like, Big Cat, who's like the biggest internet troll of all time, is like, that's a big fucking ask. Like, that's a know, huge like fucking ask. I, I could just warm up with the boys before game one of the Western that's, Conference that's Finals. Not, that, is, that is not a fucking something that, you know, you could give a guy a jersey or whatever. Give or, a guy tickets. <laughs> Can we got tickets for fucking warm up with the team? Are you shitting me? Oh my god! They, yeah, pardon my take is like that's probably not going to happen. But you shot. You I shot. can't wait till a month from now that that guy becomes the most irrelevant person in the world. Hey, he lives in Denver. Hey, hey so. I mean, maybe no, no, because I think he just traveled here. Because no, he he lives, he lives in Denver. He's lived here for about oh. ten years. Oh my god. <laughs> It gets Seriously? worse. Oh man! <laughs> give us your third betting already. line. Yeah, give us your third betting line so that we don't cry. My, my third betting line. I thought this was interesting. So the Giants lead the NL West, and they're right now the third favorite to win the division. I know we're like half. We're we're not even halfway through the year, and but they're they're leading the West NL West, and they're at plus eight fifty odds to win the NL West. I thought that was interesting. I hate the Dodgers. I don't like the Giants. It's a sucker. I don't like the Padres. I'm gonna tell you, but, it's I mean, a sucker's bet. Yeah, because you, because everybody, the, the Dodgers will be the Dodgers at the yeah. end of the season. But I thought maybe it's interesting. I couldn't find second place odds <laughs> because because second place odds would probably be interesting between San Fran and San Diego. 
But, I mean, I just don't want the Dodgers to win the NLS again. I don't care who it is. Just just give me someone else. And, yeah. and the Giants right now have the best opportunity because the Padres just got fucking swept by the Rockies. <laughs> they got their asses kicked for three straight games. The Rockies were on a six-game winning streak, by the way. They were. And then because they, they swept so, the Padres. Baseball so, so out there. I know. It's, I, it's so out there. I, I, I want to be a sports analyst, and I'm not going to say that I won't be an MLB analyst, but like it's basically like being a weatherman. I think it's going to rain. It didn't rain at all. It was clear skies all day. I don't know. I, I can't predict what's going to happen. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Um, my last betting line, this one's also out there. Canadians plus 230 to win the series and plus 110, it goes seven. So Canadians and seven plus, uh, plus three, 340. Hey, not sons and four. Habs and seven, baby. Habs, Habs and, and seven. seven. Habs and seven. Habs and seven. Habs and seven. Go seven. seven. Wow, my fucking mouth. Habs and seven. There we go. That works. We're definitely, counting. We're definitely <laughs> clipping this mouth. Because <laughs> oh we both did God. it. I went like this I, and then you I did it. You went like this for seven. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, man. This is fucking not late. Smart. You can tell we've been working. Yeah. <laughs> Just not smart. I don't know. Uh, what, who's your player of the week? Player of the week is fucking John Ram. Shout out John Ram. He won yeah. the U.S. Open. The guy had co- got fucking pulled off of uh, the British Open, and he came back and won the U.S. Open. Good for him. It's the shit show of major golf tournaments because there was a guy that fucking ran on the course and hit one of the balls. Did you see that? One of the balls. I, I heard it was basically Happy Gilmore this weekend. One, one, of, one of the guys in the practice. Lucky was just. I think it was just the practice round. He ran onto the course. He snuck a fucking club in because you can't bring golf clubs into the fucking thing for obvious reasons. But he snuck this a club. Be, this being his, the main reason. Yeah, this is the main reason. He snuck it in his pants, up his shirt, and fucking went in and hit the golf ball in the middle of the fucking fairway as they're walking up to it. Everyone was like, what just happened? Uh, <laughs> uh, what do we do? <laughs> it was hilarious. But yeah, John Ram, player of the league. I'm glad he was able to win. You have a much better player of the week, so I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, uh, before we do that, it was it this past weekend that – um, Bryson jumped into the camera when Book Brooks was being interviewed, or was that last weekend? Did you hear about that? Oh, I did not Bri- hear. Brooks about was that. getting interviewed, and like I, Bryson's been trying to underplay it. And like, no, I don't even think about Brooks Kepka, even though he definitely thinks all he thinks about is Brooks Kepka. And then Brooks was getting interviewed by the Golf Channel, I think, and Bryson was like in the background, and he jumped up over the fence so that people would be able to see him. So it, that's still the best rivalry in golf, which it's two uh, semi chubby guys. It's so much chubby guys who haven't won who haven't won a major in like fucking two years. Brooks has, <laughs> so Brooks has a bad knee. Brooks has a bad knee, so don't worry. That's about. fair. Um, my player of the week, Devin Booker, forty points, thirteen rebounds, eleven assists, without Chris Paul on the floor. Um, not all. He's not an all star. He's not all NBA. But hey, he's the player of the week of this podcast. He, so he, he, won he was a he was a guy who had to be filled in for an injury for an all star. The, the, like I said this when the All Star game happened for the NBA, I was like, "Y'all fucking welcome the monster." I, I said that. I remember saying that. I was like, "Y'all really didn't vote him an All Star straight up. Y'all made him replacement. He is not a replacement." And and y'all messed up. I'll tell you that y'all messed up. He's proven it. He's on a terror. He's on a terrorizing streak. Like he could possibly just kill the NBA this season, and he wouldn't even be upset about it. Just slice off the head of the monster and walk away. 
walk out of the castle. You always fear the guy who has nothing to say, and he just continues to beat you up on the floor. And that's Devin Booker all day right now. I mean, he is talking. Like we're lucky that the the security at Ball Arena got to Jokic's brothers before they got to Devin Booker because we might not be having this conversation if they didn't. Um, Very true. Very true. Let's uh, let's go to play of the week, and I'll, I'll start play of the week because my Yankees are now tied for an MLB record. They have turned three triple plays this season. It's just so nice to see something good happen for a long downtrodden franchise. You know, Damn, you know, who would have thought the Yankees, the Yankees playing defense without Derek Jeter? Who would have thought? It's, and with Aaron Boone as a manager, it's it's impressive. It's damn impressive. It's uh, I, I can't. They had a walk off triple play this last time on Sunday, which I don't. It's kind of an oxymoron to call a defensive play a walk off. Um, and who knows? Maybe they'll get it. Maybe they'll get the fourth and break another record. So then the, the Yankees would have twenty seven championships plus four four triple plays in a season. I'm just saying, nice. greatest team in baseball history. That's all I'm saying. You're lucky I don't care about baseball as much that to argue oh, Jim, with that. Jim is listening to this and he's smashing his laptop right now. That's all we gotta say, and, and I'm happy about that. All right, so for my play of the week, it's Il Capo. So so before the the Ben Simmons fuck or excuse me after the Ben Simmons choke, the 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 Sixers had the ball, or sorry no the the Hawks came down hit a three, up by four. Sixers still had a chance with like a minute left to make it a one possession game. MB gets a mismatch on Il Capo, a fucking Italian stallion, Gallinari. And Danilo strips the ball. The he the ball. So he he basically scraps the ball behind from Embiid. The ball goes to John Collins. John Collins just hucks it down to Gallinari. Gallinari gets the easiest dunk of his life, and he seals the game. Play the fucking music, Danilo Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari. I don't know the words. I was watching it this year. I get the come on, Neil Gallinari song. Twitter never cooperates when you need it to. It really doesn't. I can't hear it. I can't hear it. There you go. Oh, it's it's like spazzing out. It's spazzing out. We'll see. I think it'll come through on the audio. Hopefully, if not, I'll. Uh, it'll be a couple couple seconds of audio that we can't use. But Il Capo, I, I'll never say no to an Il Capo player. Player. Everybody loves Il Capo, Denver Nugget legend. He was the only Denver Nugget that I knew for so long. <laughs> yeah. Danilo Gallinari. You were like, "There's an Italian guy who plays." I was like, "No oh, shit." There's an Italian guy who plays basketball. I didn't think we were going to play basketball. Gallo has that mohawk too flowing still. Yeah. The fucking buzz mohawk. Oh man, the dude's a legend. Is he's he's straight out Jersey Shore. He's from actual Italy, but he looks like he's straight out of Jersey Shore. And I'm all oh, here man. for it. I'm here for it. I love me some Gallo. Um, love me some Gallo. Yeah, let's uh, well, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, follow us, Far End of the Bench Podcast. This is episode forty six. We have been doing like we've been bringing you audio whoop ass for 46 episodes, and it looks like we're going to be one seed going into the unhinged playoffs to defend our podcast of the year title. So that's been that's awesome. Thank you, everybody who's been listening to us there. 
Follow us at FEOTP Pod, all our social medias. It's where you can keep up to date with everything going on, all the new content that we have going on uh, for the How It Could Have Sounded. And if you have a sports conspiracy theory that you guys want us to take a look at for Factor Cap, be sure to send it in to us at FEOTB Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Far End of the Bench. Turn on the notification bell. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Because, yeah, uh, you guys can blow, you can blow up our fucking TikTok because Jimmy and I don't know how to count our fingers. Well, yeah, that's gonna <laughs> be it. That's gonna be Habs in seven, right, Jimmy? Yeah, Habs in seven. Habs in seven. Habs in seven. Yeah. Habs this, in seven. Habs in this many. This many. That that many. Yeah. That's why we are we are fucking tortured as as Colorado fans right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's why <laughs> it's just not a good look. We haven't had a good look. Um, subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. We're available Wednesdays right after our live showing on the Unhinged Sports Network from one to three p.m. Eastern. Unhingedsn.airtime.pro available on demand right after. Subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a review because that's the best way to help out the podcast grow. We've been enjoying this for the past year. We can't wait to bring you more content. Nico, what do you want to leave the people with before we send them off to the rest of their work week? Hey, Hospital is still a goat, baby. Did that and, happen? And ha- I, I don't think it's happened yet, but Hospital is still a goat. Hobbs in seven, and Devin Booker is a fucking man. I couldn't have said it better myself for this episode of The Far End of the Bench, episode 46, here on the Unhinged Sports Network. For myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryant, thank you for listening. We will see you guys next week. Peace! When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar bill was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Elephants are getting ahead of me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man. I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk. I'm going here. I'm going crazy. I'm able to stick enough for niggas. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I sell it for 30.